Welcome once again to the NerdCon 1 weekly video podcast of The Crypto Mind. The Crypto Mind, I'm an affiliate of the NerdCon1.com network, where you can go to one single place and get many different streams of all things nerdy and fantastic out there in the world. I'm just one of a piece of five different contributors to the NerdCon 1 network. Check them out, and you may find that you've got a great place to get a lot of information you want about many things. Games, Disney, uh, electronics news, uh, crypto news, and uh, crypto mining information, and much, much more. So go check them out. This week's show is possibly the biggest show I've done so far. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to top this show uh, for a long time. Although there's going to be exciting news and information to give you guys every single week. What I'm going to tell you about this week is possibly the most earth-shaking, amazing news that I could compile within a week's time. So I titled this podcast, The Week that everything changed. Let me get you a little background before we get into what happened in these last seven or eight days. So, Bitcoin. Like, is it real? Cryptocurrency. Is it real? Is it a scam? Is it a fraud? Like, I mean, come on. Is it voodoo money? These are questions that have been asked for a number of years as the rise of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have been occurring and as blockchain technology is taking off and there was all kinds of explosion of different assets, tokens, blockchain ideas. And so there's been a lot of debate about that and a lot of people talking about it. But here's the thing. When it comes to cryptocurrency especially, cryptocurrency is creating its own ecosystem. And that's an ecosystem that's been controlled by uh, central banks, large government central banks, multi-government central banks, and also um, large investment firms and investing houses. So one can imagine that when you ask people from that realm that question, what kind of answer they're going to give you, and... I'm going to show you a couple of those first before I get into what happened this week in these last eight days. So, back in 2017, Jamie Dimon, who is like the head of J.P. Morgan, uh, one of the biggest investment banking firms in the world and definitely in the United States, was asked, you know, about this. And Jamie Dimon slammed Bitcoin as a fraud back in September 12th of 2017. Diamond compares Bitcoin Bitcoin to tulip mania and predicting a collapse. Still, he says, it's a good option for murderers and drug dealers. <laughs> murderers and drug dealers. And that's how he, he made, it, uh, made it out to be. Uh, and now, I will happen to say this about in Jamie's um, defense. That right at about September 12th, in that time frame in 2016, we were beginning to have a massive run-up in Bitcoin. And it was the first sort of uh, huge spike for Bitcoin in its history. It had already been running up 
in 2016, but coming into late 2017, we hit that peak in December of 2017 of the 19,000 plus before it started crashing and coming back down. Now, Mr. Diamond may have been seeing that as sort of a, a typical kind of mass euphoria and crash coming as has happened in other things over the years. But saying it's a good option for murderers and drug dealers and saying that that uh, he would fire any employee trading Bitcoin for being stupid. So there we are in 2017. And not a couple months later, in January of 2018, different financial writers you know, were giving their opinions. Bitcoin craze, is cryptocurrency real money or is it a Ponzi scheme? It's kind of like the the talk that was going on, uh, especially when the price started coming down. So at that time, in January of 2018, Bitcoin's capitalization of 26, 268 billion was larger than the capitalization of Coca-Cola or Boeing. And the one thing that this author writes is saying that from all indications, the emergence of cryptocurrency in the financial market has continued to pose a threat to the conventional legal tenders as being used and controlled by central banks of many nations. And while many countries have approved the innovation by creating their own cryptocurrency, some countries and individuals still perceive the new dispensation as fraud and as a threat to their national economies. Also, a gentleman named Mr. Money Mustache, Pete Adney, who uh, has a blog called MrMoneyMustache.com. He wrote in Mo on uh, January of 2018, the same time. So you're thinking about investing in Bitcoin? Don't. And he had some of the most uh, scathing uh, things to say about it. He actually called, he called them valueless bits of computer data and Bitcoin, a.k.a. cancer pills is what he called them. Cancer pills have become an investment bubble with the contemporary forces of human herd behavior, greed, fear of missing out, and a lack of understanding of past financial bubbles, amplifying it. So, you know, here's some of the sentiments by a lot of folks, um, both money bloggers and people who are deeply invested in the financial system as it is and occurring. But here's something I will also tell you, which is that almost always when talking um, in the ether, when, when somebody from financial institution, big banks, central banks, uh, and players like that are talking to you and not talking specifics, are talking about things in a more academic sense, you need to take anything and everything they say with a pound of salt. And, and here's why. Because they're not dumb. And, you know, these banks and institutions are filled with very smart people who understand what is real and what isn't. But they don't want you in on it until they're in on it. And the fact is, is that at 2018, Bitcoin was already basically eight to nine years of age in its technology and its workings. And there were already many, 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 many 
hundreds, if not thousands of other projects in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space that were already emerging, had emerged, are working, were working. So some hints of that started happening here in an article in January 21st, 2020. We see the Bank of Canada, the Bank of England, the Bank of Japan, the ECB, which I think is the European Central Bank, Severgy's Risk Bank, uh, Swiss National Bank, and BIS, partner on review of central bank digital currency. So it's Janu It's the beginning of 2020, and they're saying, hey, I think that we need to be reviewing this whole idea of having digital currencies for the central banks because it looks like this is the way that currency exchange transact financial transactions and everything else is headed because currently the system is using an antiquated 1960 system called swift to handle transactions and validate and verify them and send them all around the the world and in between countries and between groups it's clunky it's expensive and everybody knows it and everyone except a banker hates it they want to be able to conduct their transactions with as little expense as possible without the banks taking a giant cut along the way they're beginning to talk about it you know like synthetic CB, CD, CBDCs CBDCs say that ten times fast central bank digital coins so they're already you know in active discussion about what we're going to do now fast forward ourselves to October 19th which at the at the making of this video was just nine days ago October 19th 9:55 a.m. reported Jerome Powell and central bank digital currency were committed to considering a CBDC and its benefits Jerome Powell is the chairman of the board of the US Federal Reserve and he participated in a virtual panel today hosted by the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, on the central bank topic of central bank digital currencies. And Chairman Powell said the Fed is committed to considering a CBDC and benefits while cautioning that it's made no decision yet. And uh, he says we'll be approaching this with great care. While noting that around 80% of the world's central banks are investigating a CBDC in some form. So what you're hearing here is, and, and, and he goes on to say other things, and what Chairman Powell said as far as the United States is concerned is that they'll probably get there. They'll probably get to the place where we have a Fed coin. They're in no rush to be like the first. They want to make sure that they do it the best. That's fine. But it basically is saying the U.S. is going to a digital coin for its dollar. Other countries around the world are doing the same thing and they're using blockchain technology to get it done. A lot of this, interestingly enough, was spurred by the idea when Facebook decided to uh, launch something called Libra and they were going to create their own coin, Libra. And um, the alarm bells sort of sounded off. And, I, and this was the one time, interestingly enough, that I would say that both the central banking institutions of the world and regular people who are concerned with companies having too much of a monopoly on, on everything sounded the alarm bell. And people were like, oh, no, uh-uh, no, no, no. 
And in fact, countries all around the world shut down the idea of Facebook owning Libra. That that was too much. And, you know, Facebook, I think, was trying to go through the route of getting approval from governments to operate. And governments around the world said no. But it was a, it, it sounded the alarm bell and made, I think, the central banks understand that they had to start moving to blockchain adoption uh, and, be, in a sense, making their uh, money digital and using digital methods and using methods other than the SWIFT system and things that they've used pre currently to make transactions happen. If they did not do that, then Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all these other uh, instruments will do it for them. We'll do it apart from them, actually, apart from them. And that's what's scaring them to death. So they're actively in pursuit of figuring out how to do this for large governmental institutions. So when you have people like Jamie Dimon saying, oh, you know, come on, it's a fraud. It's a fraud because it's not something that they thought of, is really what I think of in when he says that. All right, the next big piece of news this week PayPal to support Bitcoin and other crypto. Merchant support is reportedly coming early next year. So PayPal is within days of, of launching its uh, customers being able to hold Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, it says. So they're basically now giving their roughly 360 uh, 346 million active accounts access to Bitcoin and uh, possibly some other cryptocurrencies. Now, there are some limitations to that for holders in their PayPal accounts. Um, it looks like they're looking at it more as just holding it, not transacting with it. There's some limitations. And, and I'm not too thrilled with how PayPal is approaching this, but the fact that PayPal and Venmo as well, which is a part of PayPal, is opening up even to the idea of working with cryptocurrency, working with Bitcoin, and allowing that to open up to its hundreds of millions of active accounts is a gigantic piece of news. It's a gigantic uh, admission that cryptocurrency is going to be a way that people do transactions and they want a, a piece of that. And there was actually a bump in the crypto market from the PayPal announcement. Now, before I get to the next news article, I want to stop for one second because we're also just a week away from the election day. And uh, if you need still some information about where or how to vote or things like that, please listen to this quick message from our sponsors. Hey everyone, Nick here from NerdCon1. Even though this is the presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. Go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there you can compare candidates based on stances on issues, biography, or endorsements. And then save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booths. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. Make sure you have a plan to vote and vote informed. The next day, this article, billionaire investor Paul Tudor Jones calls Bitcoin the best inflation trade. 
as the token surge is above $13,000. Paul Tudor Jones is a highly respected hedge fund uh, manager and actually has been bullish on Bitcoin for about a year now. But he, you know, again, went out publicly and stated that that this is uh, this is a real thing and you need to get on board. Um, he says the best inflation trade he sees it using as a hedge uh, against losses. And this is really important because then what he's saying is that in this respect that you can go to Bitcoin as a storage of value, that you can you can run to Bitcoin the way people would run to gold when things are a little tough or uncertain, that this is a great place to, to keep your assets. This is, you know, another person who is big in Wall Street that is sounding the, the call that, uh, that Bitcoin is for real and that cryptocurrency is for real. Now, he's talking about Bitcoin specifically, and that's fine. I mean, I, I think that this is a breakthrough for people like uh, in this arena. And he actually said at one point, the cryptocurrency just below 13,000 on Thursday, and the rally is still only in its first inning, Jones says on Thursday. Tudor also said that he viewed Bitcoin as an early bet on a tech breakthrough, similar to ha holding Apple or Google shares in the company's lifetimes. He says cryptocurrency has backing from really, really smart and sophisticated people, he said. The founder of Tudor Investment Group, added that he had a small single-digit stake in Bitcoin. You, we're getting more affirmation. Now, next, October 24th, this news article from Coindesk. Bitcoin's rivalry with gold plus millennial interest gives it considerable upside potential, says J.P. Morgan. Okay, are you hearing that? J.P. Morgan, that's right. The same J.P. Morgan that Jamie Dimon is the head of and who slammed Bitcoin in 2017 as a fraud, that institution now is saying that there's considerable potential upside on a Friday note from J.P. Morgan's global quantitative and derivative strategy team. So they're now characterizing Bitcoin as a risk asset rather than a safe asset, but them considering it an asset at all is a major, major uh, change in their uh, outlook on Bitcoin. So they're noticing that Bitcoin is performing. It's performing well. If they're not going to advise their clients on Bitcoin, their clients are probably going to bolt and start finding others that will help them with investing in Bitcoin. So they now have capitulated and said, yes, Bitcoin is, there's a place for Bitcoin in your investment strategy and uh, likely more of a reflection of a need for an alternative currency rather than a need for a safe asset or hedge. Unlike um, Mr. Jones, who's saying it's a great hedge, they're saying that it may be a reflection of a need for an alternative currency. A need for an alternative currency. So they're admitting that the need for something alternative to the way that we have currency working now, a, uh, a wave of feeling that people all around the world are expressing. That's, uh, they, they equate it also, you know, in a sense with gold. But gold in no way has the fluidity of, of cryptocurrency. And I think that's why we have people uh, going more and more towards Bitcoin. Okay, that was October 24th. Now, October 26th, just two days ago, J.P. Morgan has a eureka moment. Uh, 
you know, talking about the same article we saw two days ago. Bitcoin's increasing use as an alternative to gold is amplified by millennials' interest in cryptocurrency, according to the report. Even a modest crowding out of gold as an alternative cryptocurrency over the longer term would imply doubling or tripling of the Bitcoin price from here. So they're saying that even if there is more uh, a modest amount of adoption created, that Bitcoin is going to 2x or 3x from this point, from the 13k point. That's their analysis. And trust me, I don't think you will never see from JP Morgan an analysis that says, Moon, 100x, it's going to be worth a million dollars in 2025, like you might see in some of the... Uh, uh, some blogs out there. No, this is JP Morgan itself trying to hit it on the mark. They're saying 2x, 3x. So, um, in, you know, and then we come back here to saying that in 2017, Bitcoin was a fraud. And one last sentence in this article. Lately, that price keeps going up, buoyed by the growing belief amongst many crypto investors that Bitcoin might serve as a hedge against the trillions of dollars of central bank money printing. And, you know, central bank money printing, they're not just talking about the United States. They're talking about the entire world. All over the entire world, economic crisis is looming. Um, people are going without. Governments are having to print out money like crazy. And because they don't have a static structure like a lot of cryptocurrencies, they can just create as much money as they want. And that creates a lot of fears of inflation. It creates a lot of fears of the devaluing of the money itself. All of the major monies around the world are what are called fiat currencies. They're only buoyed by fiat, faith. The faith that you have in it being strong. They are not backed by gold. They're not backed by silver or land or anything else. Um, it's all based on the faith you have in it. And so that creates a real scary scenario. And this is bolstering Bitcoin rise throughout the market. Okay. Now, this is another amazing thing that happened on the 26th, or it was probably the night before, which is Kevin Hart learns Bitcoin is a legit investment, not voodoo money in an all-star telethon. So uh, the, the annual Muscular Dystrophy Association telethon occurred, and I guess I, you know, I, didn't, I didn't know this because it surprised me because um, the telethon is usually a Labor Day event, and I don't know if it's a new thing that they have uh, moved this to a different time frame or if COVID had affected it, but the mus Muscular Dystrophy Association was going on. And Kevin Hart was up on the stage uh, goofing and riffing and doing his comedic shtick and uh, trying to get people to donate to MDA. And he was talking with uh, other people who were on the phone lines taking donations. And, and I'm going to play you a video clip of what went down right then. Uh, Jay, what about you? How's it going, man? Yeah, you know what? Let me ask him real quick. Hey, hey, Kev, I got someone that wants to know if we do Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any cryptocurrencies. If we do, if we do what? If we, I don't take the, that voodoo money. We don't take the voodoo, okay? So if you're out here trying to give us the voodoo money, we don't. What? We do take the voodoo. We do take, hold on, this is actually it. Wait, wait, hold on, Jay. Don't hang up. I'm being told that we actually do take cryptocurrency. Uh, I'm being told that it's a, it's a legitimate investment that's worth almost 250 billion. Okay, yeah. All right, so we do take it. Yeah, yes. Jay, we take okay, it. I got it. We take it. Roll okay, the dice on that he, one. 
Roll it dice. Know, just real quick. Oh, got it. Okay, we're going. We're, we're good. Yes, That's we're going to do it. Yep. Yes. Uh, people, do me a favor. Make sure that you visit NBA. So there you go. Um, the Muscular Dystrophy Association here in America is taking cryptocurrency uh, as for donations. And up in the article here, it says currently eight cryptocurrencies are accepted by the MDA through the giving block. They are Bitcoin, Ether, Ethereum, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, Zcash, Gemini Dollar, Basic Attention Token, and Chainlink. And if you've listened to my other videos, I've talked to you about almost all of those. I've talked to you about Bitcoin, Ether, I've mentioned Litecoin, um, and ba uh, I think I've mentioned Basic Attention Tokens here too. So this is, you know, and again, uh, you know, another indication of how organizations across, and this is a nonprofit organization that has figured out that if they want to get more donations from people, that they have to open up to all of the different ways that transactions can occur. And so cryptocurrency adoption has occurred here. That's just amazing. So here's one of the um, central bank institutions that was mentioned, BIS, in an early, earlier article. And they are now announcing to, on the 28th, which was yesterday from the recording of this video, the Bank for International Settlements announces a CBDC experiment plan. They are announcing they have plans to expand the work to Germany, France, the United Kingdom, Sweden, and Canada. So the BIS is, as it says here, is known as the Central Bank for Central Banks is currently planning to experiment with the central bank digital currency in collaboration with a Swiss central bank. But here's the amazing thing. The POC, the proof of concept, was revealed at the Bund Summit in Shanghai on October 23rd through 25th. And that, that the, POC, the proof of concept will be completed by the end of the year, after which a retail CBDC use case experiment equivalent to cash will be conducted. So by the end of the year, now we're already in a place where some central banking institutions are going to roll something out on an experimental basis. In, in the in the case of central banks, you know we're talking about government to government, large institution. You know this is not a retail thing for you and me, but nonetheless they are they're in active pursuit. Which brings me finally back yesterday and another article about J.P. Morgan. JP Morgan launches blockchain division called Onyx after a big tech client adopts its cryptocurrency for commercial use. So they have over a hundred they have like a hundred employees in this Onyx division. And we're and they say we are launching Onyx because we believe we are shifting to a period of commercialization of those technologies moving from research and development to something that becomes a real business. So JPM Coin, which was created last year, has been picked up for around-the-clock global payments by a large technology client this week. Takis Georgiakopoulos, the bank's global head of wholesale payments, told CNBC in a phone interview. He did not name the clients, but said that others are being onboarded too. JPM Coin has been a thing, and it was created. And this is you know most likely it's an in-house thing it's not going to be a public thing it's could use between their clients to again allow money to flow between clients between JP Morgan and the people they do business with without having to pay expensive fees to someone else 
a trustless, permissionless uh, blockchain technology is is just making this possible for everyone. So here we are, from Bitcoin is a fraud to hey, we've got our own coin, JPM coin, in three years. So I'm telling you all, everything has changed. The world has changed. The world in, changed in thought, and now that change in thought is turning into action. And I want this to be a bolster for you to understand that if central banks and large uh, investment institutions and financial institutions understand that blockchain technology associated with some kind of value of transfer digital asset, whether it be the Fed dollar, JPM coin, or Bitcoin, it's real. And the question about is cryptocurrency real or is Bitcoin real has ended this week. It, th that question is done and over. It is a real thing. So I hope that you know this podcast today has enlightened you onto what's going on out there. And as I mentioned before, that uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum and and other associated blockchain technologies both currencies and tokens are a super real thing and that uh, on this channel I'll let you in on as many projects and things as I can update you on the cryptocurrency news as it comes out because uh, it's still in fast motion we're in the first inning of, of giant rallies I think we're in this first or second inning of the explosion of creation in the blockchain and cryptocurrency world. People are coming up with new ideas, new strategies, new blockchains, and new ways of doing everything that we do currently, yet with blockchain technology and more simple and less centralized and cheaper. And I can only hope that for the future this means that when we adopt all of this stuff into our, our lives, into our economies, that it's going to make everybody's life a little bit easier. At the finishing of the recording of this podcast, Bitcoin's price is $13,195.54 each, down 3% for the day, but up about 20% for the month. And who knows where it's going from here. This has been Steve with The Crypto Mind. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us. Join us every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, where I am. Uh, I deliver a, a video podcast every week to the NerdCon 1 Network. And please join me here at The Crypto Mind on YouTube, which is my own channel. I do put up at least one video a week besides the one for NerdCon 1 Network. Um, and there I will describe... A lot of different things I help people with mining I show them my journey into crypto mining as a hobbyist um, and talk about a lot of how-to's on getting crypto mining accomplished for you in your space because I really believe that it's a great way to enter into the crypto universe um, and it has a lot of side benefits for you uh, that maybe just purchasing and trading on the market doesn't provide don't forget, please, if you like this video, hit the like button, 
please subscribe to NerdCon1. Please come on down to the Crypto Mind and subscribe to my channel as well. And click that notification bell so you get notified every Thursday when this video hits and when my other videos hit. You won't regret it. You have yourselves a great day.